Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your hosts, Dana and Shayna. Today, we are feeling so excited just to be here. It's been officially the human design new year when we've recorded this. It's, it happened yesterday and it is feeling like a new freaking year. I'm feeling really excited for 2024. Um, and also just to be in a new cycle. I'm really excited about change. I'm, you know, I don't know if you resonate listening, but I have so many ideas swirling and so many things I'm dreaming up and so many things I'm excited about, excited about, about that are on my vision board. That's how I mix that up. Um, and I feel like I'm 10 steps ahead of myself with my undefined root center, but I'm trying to ground back into the present moment and just enjoy the juice that's here and um, stop and smell the roses like we've talked about a bit on the last podcast episode. Um, I'm super pregnant right now. So if you notice me getting out of breath, it's because I literally can't breathe through my nose right now, which is a common thing with pregnancy. Every single thing that you go to the doctor about, by the way, when you're pregnant, they're like, yeah, that's normal. Um, like you could literally be like, my arm's falling off. They'd be like, mm, yeah, you're pregnant. Like literally anything, they don't care. It's just everything's written off as you're pregnant once you're pregnant. Um, but yeah, we've been doing readings and different, you know, calls and stuff. And the whole time I'm out of breath. And I think everyone's thinking like, are you okay? (laughs) Um, But I am, I'm just pregnant. So you might notice that in the podcasts, you know, to come over the next six months that I'm out of breath and that's fine. But I'm loving (laughs) being pregnant finally. Everybody's been DMing like, you know, are you like, sorry that the first trimester has been so hard. Like hopefully it gets better. Like sending you so much love. And I, the, the vibes, the love vibes worked everyone. I'm feeling so much better. I'm in my second trimester and I have energy again. I'm wanting to do all the things now, you know, for the baby and I'm just blissed out. So yes, obviously there's still little things here and there that are not ideal, you know, what I wouldn't be experiencing if I wasn't pregnant. But overall, I'm just so excited to meet our baby girl, which if you didn't know, we're having a girl. We found out a few weeks ago. And yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm in baby world. I'm also in, you know, uh, creating and building my future and my legacy kind of energy, which is so right up my alley with my cross of incarnation. So I'm just feeling all the things. We just started Kiss Goodbye Your 9 to 5 and that's been epic already. And I'm so excited for that too. So yeah, how are you feeling, Dana? Oh man, this year moving into 2024, I'm feeling the fire within like no other year in the past that I can remember. I don't know what it is, what it's aspecting in my chart, but I'm really feeling the energy of strong change. And I've made a choice within myself to just 
take that and embrace that and ride on into the sunset. So I've been feeling really fired up and I've been getting super deep into my intuitive practices and channeling and spending a lot of time doing kundalini yoga and meditation and working out and just really getting sort of um, on my shit, I want to say. And it's been feeling really, really good. And I think for me, this next new era is about kind of in increasing my intuition and increasing the time I spend in that. I've been feeling that theme really, really strongly and wanting to do a lot of energetic hygiene and also just like physical on my body. Um, I've been running, jogging in my neighborhood, going to dance classes. Like, who am I? No one knows. But uh, <laughs> it feels really good. And so, yeah, my fired up energy is matching the fired up energy I feel about starting Kiss Goodbye Your 9 to 5. Like, that's a huge, exciting thing as we move into this new year. So I'm feeling good. And I think this year ahead, there's going to be a lot, like I was mentioning, a lot of change and transition with us glimpsing into this new paradigm. We talked about this in, in two episodes back, but with Pluto being an Aquarius, this is a time of a lot of stuff shifting and changing and things crumbling. So that change theme, I'm feeling really strongly, but instead of allowing it to be scary or overwhelming, like I was saying, I just decided it's go time. Let's take this and rise. Let's become the best version of ourselves because the world really needs us to. So that's the energy that I am anchoring into myself and promoting and praying for and singing about, you know, in my daily practice. And I'm just excited to be, to rise into being a beacon of that in my own life and in everything that I do this year. Mm. Yes. Aho. I agree. And as you're sharing that, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Feels so grounding to hear and just such a good reminder especially as you listen to this podcast episode. So this episode today, we have on a special guest, Jana Romer. And we talk about 2024. We talk about the new paradigm with 2027. We talk about the transits and the, the ways that we can use human design and astrology to liberate us versus confine us. We talk about being your own authority. And we also talk about some controversial things. It's a little bit of a polarizing conversation, but I think that the point of this conversation is duality and holding two truths at once and stretching into that being okay. That's a big theme with 2024, as you'll learn from this conversation. So it's a fascinating topic. And everything that Janice shares is really fascinating in general. So I love this convo. It's honest, it's authentic, it's open, and it's 2024. Yeah, totally. And Jana is a 3-6 emotional projector. So we really loved getting to be in a projector party. We're excited to share it with you. Jana is a lot of things. She's an astrology teacher. She's the founder of Attuned to the Moon. She runs moon circles and retreats and does natal chart readings. She's taught yoga and facilitates yoga nidra teacher trainings. So she really describes herself as a mystic who appreciates science, but challenges science with her intuition. Um, she's a rebellious proc of provocateur, provocateur, however you say that word, <laughs> who speaks things that are left unsaid and has learned to be comfortable in the discomfort. She believes that in the end, we all long for the same things, to be seen, to be heard, to belong, to love and be loved. 
Okay. So without further ado, let's welcome on our guest for today, Jana Romer. We are so grateful that you're here. We've been really looking forward to this conversation. And anytime we get to be three projectors on a podcast together, we just feel like we're in our flow zone. We're living our lives. So thank you so much for being here. How are you feeling today? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm feeling pretty good today, actually. Yes. Yeah. You know what I have is I in my natal chart, I have Sun conjunct Pluto. And we just had Sun conjunct Pluto. And at like three days before it happened, I just started getting so spicy and activated <laughs> and like this kind of, I don't know. Yeah. A, a part of myself that has been missing for a while came home. And so yeah. I'm feeling feeling myself. That's so beautiful. I love to hear that. Yeah. For us in the human design world, January 22nd was the human design new year. So we're recording just one day after that. And for us, that's when the sun goes into gate 41, which is an Aquarius gate, but it's this like juicy dreamer, just magnetic and on fire and limitless energy. And the energy right before that was really kind of heavy and shedding things and releasing and looking back at the year ahead. So we're also just feeling so juicy and spicy. Those are actually my two words that I'm going to go ahead and say I've been really embodying in the last day or two. So I'm really grateful. And um, I wanted to tell you that I've we've been following you for a long time, both of us, Shana and I separately. And Shana's like, yeah, I follow this girl on Instagram. And I'm like, I went to a live yoga nidra class of yours in Palm Springs and did like an astro talk so long ago, maybe like six years ago. And it was a super inspiring moment in my life in that yoga nidra. I had this really profound vision of like meeting my older self and receiving this message. And it was so just real, like real quantum timeline jumping. And it was one of the most profound experiences I had had to that point outside of doing plant medicine. So just the fact that it was just from doing that yoga nidra class, it was super expansive for me. And ever since then, I was like, I love her. I love her energy. I love her insight. I love the way that you share things in such a grounded and practical way. I just really feel like you're the real deal. So I'm super grateful. It's kind of a full circle moment that we get to have you on the podcast. Wow. I'm covered in chills because yeah, that was at Wellspring. Yeah. 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 How yeah. fun. How fun. That was fun. That was really fun. And I live yeah. here in the desert. So I'm in Joshua Tree, really close to Palm Springs. And just randomly, a friend of mine was like, Hey, you want to come to Wellspring with me? I was like, What is that? And I think it was like the only one that they had, or maybe they only had it for a couple yeah. of years. But it was really fun. Oh it's a cool experience. Yeah, that was so fun. I actually, at that, um, I guess it was like a conference kind of yeah. festival. I don't uh-huh. know what it was. <laughs> I got to sit on a panel of sleep experts. Mm-hmm. So there was a there was a a guy who literally has like a sleep clinic and then a psychologist or psychiatrist and then me and a moderator. And it was that was one of my favorite like public speaking moments of my life because the sleep expert is talking about how people think that they have insomnia, but they bring them into the clinic and they fall asleep within 11 minutes. The average amount of time is 11 minutes. And people report that it takes them hours and hours to fall fall asleep or they don't fall asleep. But when you put them under observation in the clinic, the average is 11 minutes. And I thought that was so fascinating because in in restorative yoga, we talk about how it takes 12 minutes for the nervous system to unwind naturally. And then the psychologist was giving all these, or psychiatrist was giving all these answers that were very like head-based. And 
I like, I got so excited. I like stood up and I was like, <laughs> maybe your anxiety is because your soul is screaming at you for to do something different. And like, a, like a, I started, I don't know, something came through me that was so strong and powerful. And both the psychologist or psychiatrist and the sleep expert, they like looked at me and they were like, we've never heard a yoga teacher or a meditation teacher talk like this before. Like it was just, <laughs> it was just this moment where kind of everything that I'm in love with came together, which at the, at the very root of my mission, it's to connect people back with their soul self, like with their expanded self, with the part of themselves that is infinite and unchanging and exists in the quantum, like you were saying with the experience in the yoga nidra. Wow. That's so cool. I love it. I'm yeah. being brought back to that moment and bringing that energy in here. And I just love it. It feels like a really beautiful completion. And I'm obsessed with the energy of this year right now as we moved into 2024. I don't know what it is, if it's like something in my own chart, but I'm just feeling, I'm just feeling it. I'm feeling really fired up. I'm feeling like um, the world is changing in such an exciting way. And obviously that can be terrifying too, that the old paradigm is crumbling before our eyes. But I also feel like the awakening is real. You are seeing it on all levels. And the fact that these scientists and psychologists and psychiatrists and yoga teachers are having these conversations together even more and more, even though that was a while back, just really exciting. And I just wanted to um, have you introduce yourself to our audience. If you could just start off with this kind of backtracking here, share with us a little bit about what it is in general that you share and teach and do. Wow. <laughs> I know. Big question. I know. It's so hard. I'm going to try and make it short. Um, I grew up in nature in the middle of nowhere um, in Saskatchewan. And there's something unique about a nervous system that grows up um, un untouched by the city. You know, like mm. I was very, my ner my baseline nervous system is nature. It's nature. It's it's slow. It's quiet. It's reflective. Um, and then when I became, you know, late teens, I moved out when I was 17. I was like, get me out of here. I need a city. Um, then I went in and, and I was so naive the way I found my way into the city. And although I worked like corporate jobs and did all kinds of stuff, my immediately I realized that I needed to help people connect with nature within themselves. Because although I... Um, don't really necessarily see myself as different. I recognize there's a difference. And through my education, I've come to understand my nervous system was trained to nature. And so I have like a fairly expansive vocabulary around that and a way of like helping people find that within themselves, but really using language that is both familiar and unfamiliar or both recognizable, but not often used in the way that I'm asking through interoception which interoception, most people are familiar with proprioception, which is the external awareness, but interoception is internal awareness. And so for the yogis in the house, it's like pratyahara. We withdraw our senses from the external world and open it up into the internal world. And when you get people in there, it doesn't matter where you grew up. It doesn't matter what your nervous system was programmed with. There's a touch of nature in there because we are that. And what, what my mission is really to help people connect to, like, that's it. That's my mission. So I've done all kinds of things. I have a business degree. I went to university. I, I um, did my yoga teacher training and then I started running teacher trainings. Did I, You know, I've trained probably over a thousand people in yoga and yoga nidra. Wow. I niched down to yoga nidra, got really into astrology, 
Um, and now my, and, and then the quantum, like what language around the quantum, Dr. Joe Dispenza is one of my really influential teachers. Um, but really right now, like right now in this moment, um, although I've always had a very strong spiritual pulse in my system, um, right now that spiritual pulse is understood through the metaphor of simulation and we're all co-creators of a simulation and like astrology and human design are essentially like learning systems and our mind and our belief and our actions and behaviors. That's the programming and God doesn't live outside of us. It's inside of us. And we all are collectively God, but meaning like we're collectively informing the simulation and we're constantly co-creating. And that's why there's no predictable ending and no predictable beginning because it's always happening alive in this moment. And I find that belief that I'm exploring <laughs> right now um, to be incredibly liberating because it kind of breaks out some of the creative or, or um, manifestor language that people always like, you can manifest your life. Well, that doesn't take into account all the other people that are co-creating life beside you. And it also helps us to understand limitations. Like we agreed to enter the simulation. So we agreed to incarnate. And my son is really into, into uh, Minecraft. He's like, we spawned in. <laughs> right, so we spawned in <laughs> and there's the game, there's the rules of the game, you know, and all the ancient scripture is kind of like the, the game notes, right? Like, oh, you calm the mind and, you know, connect, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff are the game notes. And then we're, we're just players in this massive game. Yeah. It's so funny because I know our listeners are listening to you and thinking like, yeah, Shana and Dana talk about this all the time. You do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many times on the podcast that they're like, this again? Um, but <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's so fascinating. And yeah, like you said, it's so liberating, but also empowering in a way that just feels true. Um, and... And and I don't even want to say true because like that's a whole what other rabbit hole. <laughs> but um, but I wanna say in a way that just uh feels resonant, um, especially right now as so much is changing and and our collective um consciousness is changing. A big thing within human design, which I like looking at it through the lens of like this, you know, uh code to help us understand our energetic frequency in this collective consciousness um, and our role that we came to play in this incarnation, in this simulation, um, you know, a big, a big teaching that Ra has is that our whole purpose, like regardless of however specific it is for you as an individual in this game, is to contribute to that collective consciousness, that God or that, that God frequency or chi that we all are. And every heartbreak, every lesson, every manifestation, every triumph, everything that we perceive and observe and feel and experience is contributing to that collective consciousness. And then, of course, you know, as paradigms shift and things change, the rules of the game change um, as we all collectively are um, 
evolving, then things start to shift on a more tangible and real way. And so it's really fascinating to to look at. And I think as projectors, especially, we're like, oh my gosh, let's look at everything. Let's peer into every single rabbit hole ever and see what there is to explore. And for you with your gifts, you you have so much energy going on in your mind. I mean, you're such a thought leader looking at your, your channels um, in your human design chart. And one of them is all about diving into the confusion, diving into like, this is confusing. Why? What's, what is there? What can we find there? And knowing that there's no one answer and that you're not even seeking one answer. You're just seeking truth and wonder and finding discoveries within the chaos and confusion that consciousness is. And so telling that in a story, weaving together, you know, storytelling. So a lot of people have this will do like a TED talk or they'll, you know, speak on a panel or they'll, you know, be speaking and leading other people with these things that they've kind of assimilated and understood through all of the confusion that they've observed. And so it's really amazing just hearing you speak because your other channel is this genius freak energy, which is being ahead of your time, being ahead of the curve and connecting these insights in a really unique way that are here to ultimately guide us towards a better future. So it's really beautiful. I love your gifts. And like Dana was saying before, you know, we found you separately like of each other. And so I was just following you on my personal Instagram. I think you popped up on my explore page or something. And I was like, I love the way that she explains these things. And it's so... um relatable and understandable, but also I can tell she's really smart. And so... Um, really good for my ego. <laughs> I feel really good. <laughs> We're like ultimate hype girls. Like honestly, we. I think that's our main job is to just like love Definitely. people and pump them up. Like that's honestly, all I got. that's my job. <laughs> um, so uh, somebody said to us in a reading, they were like an older couple. They were like, oh, we don't we don't um, give each other kudos. Like we don't give each other kudos. Yeah, we're, we're a non-kudo oh. house. We're like, <gasps> we're like, well, we're going to give you all the kudos because you're fucking awesome and you're amazing and there's all these gifts to explore. And of course, there's like, you know, low expressions and high expressions and ways that you can hold yourself back with your gifts. But there's also all of this potential to alchemize and transform and transcend and use your gifts in a way that serves others, but also serves yourself. There's this symbiosis that happens when we are using our energy in a way that is healthy. And um, I, I say healthy because energy, it's like a feeling, right? Like human design, astrology, numerology, like all of these systems are helping us give language to things that are felt and get our mind on board to release the the reins and just feel these frequencies. So to me, it doesn't really matter what language you're using necessarily as much as like, are you feeling those frequencies? Are they resonant or are they friction? Are they frustrated? Are they stuck? Are they depressed? Or are they expressive and expansive and learning and exploring? So it's really interesting. But I'm curious to know what led to astrology and and um I guess what fascinates you most right now within astrology? Mm. Well, I mean, my beginning relationship with astrology was out in my backyard staring at the moon, staring at the stars as a kid, you know? And um, I was kind of a loner and not that popular. And that was where I'd always go was like to the stars to find my own solstice. 
And then my girlfriend had... Do you, do you remember that birthday book where it's like every day has like a title yes. and it has strengths and weaknesses? Yes. I think it's just oh called gosh. the birthday book. I think yeah. so. In college, people would whip it out at like a party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody's like, yeah. oh, that's so me. <laughs> and every so, projector ever was like, I finally feel seen. Like, what is this? Let's dive into it. Especially you with this undefined G-Center. It's like, wait, who am I? What am I doing? <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyways, keep going. <laughs> yeah. So that was my first introduction, really. And my girlfriend, she had all of her friends' birthdays memorized and it, like would pull it out like a party trick. And then um, when the internet first started, <laughs> the first thing I ever bought was a natal chart reading um, for myself. And I huh. just thought it was so fascinating. Um, and then I, I had a roommate for a little while whose boyfriend was an astrologer. And he pulled up her chart and was reading her chart in front of me. And of course, I had known her a lot longer than he had. And he was like, this doesn't make sense. But, and he's reading, I'm like, that is so her. That is exactly her. And I was like, what is this magic you've got going on here? And then um, I just started studying it, like self-study. And I never thought it would be something as a career, you know, like something to... I don't know. I never thought of it that way. And I had a girlfriend after a yoga class one day because I was blogging about the new moon and the full moon and I was mixing astrology into my yoga classes and started to create the astro nidras. And my girlfriend was like, can you please read my chart? I'm having a rough time right now. And I was like, okay, but you cannot like take this serious. You have to trust your intuition over what I tell you. I don't know what I'm talking about. I could be totally saying the wrong thing. You know, I was like, you know, putting all the disclaimers on the reading. And as I was going through it, um, I looked over and she just had tears strolling, like streaming down her face. And she was like, I've never felt more seen. Like this all is so helpful. You need to share this with other people. And it still took me a while to share, but I I put up a post on my Instagram. I was like, next five people to send me $5, I'll give you a mini reading. Like, what? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So I did like five little mini readings over the over email and like I actually I think I'm in touch with all five of those people still maybe one has fallen off um because they were all like whoa that's bang on and then of course it just kind of evolves from there but wow I love love it it. Yeah, yeah I find it to be so there's so many words like validating nourishing but really what it does is it helps to keep me in trust in trust of like divine timing and everything's happening for a reason and we're moving towards a better place. Like there, there's a lot of mental health support. There's a lot of compassion. Like now I look at people so differently now that I've read, you know, hundreds, if not over a thousand charts, because I just see everybody so different. Our needs are so different. Our, our communication, our emotional needs, our relational needs, our karma, like the timing of life. We're all so unique. And now instead of judging, I'm I'm more curious. And so it's brought a lot of compassion and curiosity into all of my relationships. Yeah, that is so beautiful to hear. And honestly, the reason that we like to ask, like, how did you come to this? Why did you come to it? Is because, you know, working in fields like astrology and human design, I feel like we're in such an amazing place in the world where things really are changing. And these things have become, I put in quotes, trendy, but it's because we really are moving towards that direction of awakening. But, you know, 10 years ago, even, I feel like people will really raise their eyebrows more to an astrologer or a human design reader. You know, we've come a long way in kind of accepting that 
these, that astrology is nature. And I think that I love that what you said about it in the beginning, because it's so true. When I meet people who are still skeptical about astrology, I'm like, okay, well, are the seasons real? Do you feel different in different seasons? Like, do you see the stars moving? Do you feel the moon shifting and see, like you see all these patterns that's nature. And astrology is the patterns of nature. And that, you know, there's that side of it. And then the program side of it, exactly like you were saying, like living in this simulation and our bodies being part of that, projecting that hologram, projecting that reality. It's like the more, the deeper you get into it, the more that that skepticism melts away. And that is so beautiful. It just becomes like, you really do get to understand life more. And that understanding leads to that love and trust where you feel like there's this divine order and not this chaos. And you have this new tool for self-reflection. And But I do really want to give you props because I think even in our field when meeting professional astrologers or professional human design readers, sometimes people still can have these judgments on people that are different than them. Like, oh, I would never date a manifester or I would never date a Pisces or whatever it is. And like, what are you talking about? You're someone who's guiding this. Like this is a tool for understanding why we're different and then having love for that, compassion Mm -hmm. for that and not judgment for that. So that's something that you just embody so naturally. It's like really beautiful to witness. And I think I always look for that when I'm looking for readers of any type, like I don't even really care what the tool is because there's so many different tools that can give us insight on truth with a capital T. Instead, I'm always like, what is the deep intention behind this person? Is it to understand you and give you love and compassion? Or is it to confine you and put you in this box or have that label? And so I think that that's really something so special about your natural wisdom and what you share. Um, do you feel like there was ever a time where astrology did like limit you in or you allowed that? Or do you feel like you've always been really naturally seeing it as this expansive tool for compassion? Hmm. Interesting. Well, okay. So I have a beef with this whole industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same. And yeah, it's how people give agency over to a reader or to a prediction or to a full moon or a Mercury retrograde or a transit or whatever. Um, they're not, it's like, I always say astrology is not the boss of you. Like human design is not the boss of you. Um, if if you're, if you all of a sudden get the contract that you've been going for forever and it's Mercury retrograde, you sign that contract. You don't be like, oh, it's Mercury retrograde. I'm not supposed to sign contracts. Like don't let astrology take you away from reality. Like from, don't let it override your intuition. Don't let it override your knowing. Um, it's one of the reasons, like, I don't know if you noticed on my tune to the moon, where I'm not writing very much over there anymore. Um, just taking a little step back for many reasons. But one of the reasons is I, I'm really working at like coming back to the embodiment practice. So the astronidra is like what you experienced in, um, in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. The whole premise behind those is to provide people an opportunity to close their eyes and go inside and figure out where it's true for them. And so if instead of saying, okay, the sun is in Pisces and this is going to be a really emotional time, when the sun is in Pisces, we know that the lymphatic system is more available for your awareness. It's being illuminated. It's being lit up. And so I have like a Pisces season embodiment astro nidra where I actually map your your lymphatic system inside of your body. And then you go in and listen. Like we just finished Capricorn season. And one of my favorite ones is 
It's called bone deep listening. And I take you through your ear. You know, everybody's familiar with the third eye, but we also have a third ear or a divine ear. And I take you into your ear and find that teeny tiny little bone that's then communicating with all of your other bones. And then like get you in your bones to, I think that might, I think I might've done a bone body scan with you there, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And and I and then I let your I let you get to a place or I guide you hopefully to a place where your bones are like floating inside your water body. And then you listen to what your bones have to say. Instead of me being like, Capricorn season's here, this is what's up. I'm like, where does Capricorn live in the body? And how can I help you to listen to that place? So I always say, like, your body is the ear to the universe. It's up to us to learn how to listen. Yes. Yeah. I love that so much because that embodiment piece, that's something that we're so passionate with human design, but also any anything of like really tuning into your body and noticing these frequencies or the wisdom um, that is within you. It's not with, without you. It's not outside of you. Some authority telling you what it is. It really is accessible to you right now. And of course, we have amazing guides that can help you tune in to hear what it is your your wisdom's telling you if you're not sure how to do that. But I think that's one of the things that we're always saying is like, you are your own authority, right? Human and I think in human design, we teach that a lot. Like, you know, be your own authority. Here's how you listen to your authority. Here's how you access your truth, which is helpful for people who are like, I don't know how to access my intuition or I don't know what a gut feeling is. I mean, I heard that so much before I found human design. Like, trust your gut, listen to your intuition. I would always be like, what does that mean? And then I find out that I'm a G-center projector and I don't have consistent instincts or consistent gut feelings. Um, And so... And that really resonated, right? It was liberating for me. And so it's interesting. We see a lot of guides in human design using human design as an authority over. Like, nope, you're not this, you're that. Nope, it's in your chart like this, so you can't do that. Um, no, this is what Ross said, so that's the truth for everyone here. And it, anything other than that is wrong. And it really is stripping people of their own agency, of their own intuition or truth um, and authority. So we are we're constantly saying, you know, human design is not your authority. Human design can be an amazing guide to help you access your own truth if you're not sure how to do that. It can be liberating to have language that really sees you in such a deep lens when you're feeling like lost or you you can't see yourself very clearly. Um, but ultimately, use your authority is what we would say. Like, Listen to your instincts. Listen to your truth because you have everything that you need internally inside of you already. I love, um, I love the idea of working with the different seasons or... Um, astrological uh, months, if you will, to attune to your body and, and tune in and listen and map those different things. I'm like, as you were sharing that, I was, I'm like, my body's turned on. I like want to tune in and map my lymphatic system as we go into Pisces. I'm just really excited by that. How do people get access to those um, yoga nidras or ways of tuning in with you? Well, um, I have a whole collection. I think I've got like 250 practices that sit inside of a membership um, called Attune to the Moon. Um, And the way that I built the website on the cosmic clock, not the Gregarian calendar and the time clock. So when you log in, you only see practices that are relevant for today's astrology based on tropical Western astrology. 
Um, so that's the main way. But I also probably by the time you launch this and <laughs> play this episode, I have a store where you can buy them as individual practices as well. So you can just tap in through either Attune to the Moon or Jan Romer. Ah, oh, I love that. Amazing. And for people that need free stuff, I have three up on Insight Timer. It's a 100% free app and they're not labeled Astro Nidras, but they're the three yoga nidras on there are my first three Astro Nidras. And they're, they're Aquarius and they're Aries and they're Taurus. Ah, oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so, that's so expansive. Okay. Awesome. So one thing that I love about astrology, which is different than human design, mostly, um, is the ability to look at the future and like have like kind of a bit of prediction of, you know, shifts that are happening collectively and, um, you know, transits that are going to be impacting everyone. And of course, we can do that within a human design, but it's really looking at how are these transits impacting your chart and you can look at your own life cycles and, you know, phases of your life. We also look towards like the new paradigm and there's definitely ways to use human design to be a little bit more predictive. But I I find that astrology is um, so fascinating to me in this this realm and the way that you explain the transits and things going on every single time I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I was feeling. Whereas if I some other people I've been learning from, I'm like, I mean, yeah, I can, I can yeah. feel that. So first of all, I don't know how you um, can keep store all of this information in your brain <laughs> to just know, I guess, how all these things come together. Because there's so much, right? There's so many things at play coming together and shifting and changing. And I feel the shifts, but it gives me this Looking ahead, I mean, so much of my chart is future focused. So it feels really grounding to me to look ahead and to know what transits are coming. But also, like you said, it gives you this sense of um, belonging within the universe and like that you're right on track and divine timing and that you're not just like fumbling around the dark, but that things are happening for a reason. So I wonder if you could speak to, um, you know, predicting and the transits and how you like to use them. And if there's any, after that, you know, if there's any 2024 ones that we can get excited and, and talk about. Yeah. So in my chart, I said I have Sun conjunct Pluto, but it's also conjunct Spica, which is a fixed star of like architecture. And then my power of fortune is in my fifth house of like, which is Capricorn, which is like, I have fun with system and structure and pattern recognition. And so, and then there's other signs of like an astrologer in my chart. So I actually don't feel like I learned it as much as I remembered it. And I think that's why it's so easy for me to like put the pieces together. Um, this year, okay, wait, I need to jam out on you guys with you for a moment about human design and 2027 because 2020, we had this, this Saturn Jupiter conjunction at zero degrees of Aquarius, which was really signifying a shift from 200 years of earth-based elemental reality to now we're moving into 200 years. So the rest of our lives and our children's lives and most of our grandchildren's lives is an air-based reality. And so you're saying frequency all the time. This is why the simulation taught. But I just realized as we were talking that the the Saturn square, because it's every seven years, is going to be 2027. When Ra says we, and I don't know anything about it other than 2027 is a big year in human design. And it dawned on me before, because I want to hear what you have to say, but it's dawned on me 
that we're shifting from this matter to the formless, to frequency, to quantum, to every feeling predicts our reality or creates our reality. We want to shift our reality. We have to shift our feeling. Like with my with my little community, I was like, for this week, we're going to practice gratitude and like really receiving life. Because if you're constantly rejecting every compliment, you're rejecting life on such a core level, but you are the frequency device. So like, what would it be? And it dawned on me that maybe that seven year, because seven years for a Saturn cycle, it's a crisis of oftentimes significant change. And that would be 2027. And that would be like this initiation time into this more frequency-based existence, which really calls us forth to a way higher level of honesty and integrity. And like, you can't fake it anymore. You, You will be seen for who you are. But what is the shift in human design? Yeah. And then we'll get back to this year because this year is really important for that. I'm sure of it. Yeah, yeah. I have full chills as you're as you're talking because it's like um, <laughs> from your lips to Ra's mouth from the voice. Like, you know, like it's like all connected and literally like similar words of how this shift is happening. For everyone listening who has their own human design business or wants to start one, we want to share with you one of our most favorite human design resources that has been so empowering and such a beautiful addition to our website. Yes, it's called Body Graph Chart. And this technology that they've created allows you to generate and design your own human design charts. And it has the most advanced information like PHS, your diet, your mindset. You really can customize it so that way your clients can receive all of the information available on their human design chart. And you can change the colors, you can change the fonts, you can also add it on there so that way they can create automatically PDFs for you that explain all of the information for your clients as they are creating their charts and downloading that information. So it really is like sky's the limit with this company. And we have been working with them for a few years now and they're constantly adding new features. They really are at the cutting edge of human design technology and wanting to just expand in this space. And it's really cool because when we first started human design, there weren't that many resources out there technology wise you know online to generate this information and every single year more and more information is getting out there and that's because human design really is expanding and growing yes and we're honestly so excited to be partnering with bodygraph chart software because we're just such a big fan and so many of the individuals in our community have reached out to us personally and asked us where can i create a software like this that can generate charts so we're really excited to be able to share this code with you. You can get 50% off of your first 12 months with our code below. So you can find that in the show links. Yes, it's Day Luna. And we're so excited for this journey that you're going to be on with this because it honestly is such a great investment to your business. It brings in so many more people because it empowers everyone to get this information right at their fingertips on your site. So it's super easy, user-friendly, and we know you're going to love it. And we're excited to finally be able to share it with all of you here. You know, 2020 was a huge year, and we talked a lot about that um, back then of how, you know, human design really talks about, and so does science, these seven year cycles and how it, you know, takes seven years for ourselves to regenerate and for, you know, Ra would say to decondition and to really be leaning into being your authority. Now, of course, 
that can sound really limiting. Like I have to wait seven years to decondition before I can, you know, start living my purpose. Absolutely not at all. It's just seven years is this, this mutative time if you're dedicating to shift and change. So 2020 was like the start of moving towards 2027 of like, okay, shit's going to be shifting and changing in preparation for this big shift in 2027. Now, it doesn't mean that 2027, January 1st, that, you know, everything's going to just like poof change. We're going to wake up and the whole world's different. It's just that that is officially the start of this new paradigm is what The Voice shared with Ra. And so this new paradigm really is about, you know, everyone born after 2027 um, are going to have uh, more centers in their body. They're going to be really more emotionally intelligent and evolved emotionally and and exploring what that looks like for us as a human species and us collectively we're shifting into this paradigm where emotions and feeling and frequency are at the forefront of our human experience so in 2027, the the cross of incarnation that we're all in is going to shift. So for the last 400 years, we've been in this cross of planning, which has been all about building structures, governments, church, um, you know, planning our homes and the family unit being the most important thing, and um, you know, using our ability to build these structures in a way that builds society and builds countries and things like that. But there's also been a lot of greed woven into that. There's been a lot of, um, you can't sit with us energy. Like my country is better than yours. My religion is better than yours. Like you can't be here if you're not this race or this belief system or this type of person. And there's been, you know, a lot of benefits through building these structures over the last 400 years that we've all gained collectively, but there's also been a lot of shadow side. And so as we're shifting now into this um, this cross of the sleeping phoenix, it really is about um, what is beneficial for you as an individual and how does that impact your community and your collective? Where do you fit within these structures as an individual? And is it honoring you as an individual? Or is it restricting you from being your own authority and it's actually trying to have power over you and tell you what your truth is? And if that's the case, that's going to be revealed and that structure is going to crumble because ultimately we're all going to be valuing as a society the individual. And so if there's something out there that is one size fits all or blanket blanketed statements or is um, restricting your individual needs it's going to be not needed anymore or it's going to crumble. Or if there's something that is really out there just for greed and to take advantage of the masses, it's going to be crumbling because everything is going to be about the individual and about feeling and about frequency. Now, still, we're going to be using the benefits that we've had with this cross of planning of building these structures and building these communities and you know the lessons that we've learned through family and um, connecting with other people but it's not going to have to be choosing to be selfish or to be people pleasing it's going to be choosing that you can be enlightenedly selfish and focused on yourself and how do those emotions and connective frequencies benefit everyone involved so everything you were just sharing it's like yeah that is what it is but it's it's really fascinating because 
we're all feeling it right now, right? Like you can see it collectively. I think a really good example is with our sexuality. Like we are every single year having more and more terms of like, I'm bi or I'm trans or I'm, you know, fluid or I'm pan or I'm asexual, right? There's all these different terms. And then people latch on and identify like, oh, I fit into this group, right? But every single year, it's going to get more and more and more specific and specific to then when we're eventually like, I identify as Shana. Like my sexuality is Shana. Like it doesn't need a label. It doesn't need to go into a group because yes, that feels good for us right now because we're deconditioning from this time of like needing to be put into community and structure. And that feels like, oh, I'm ADHD. I fit with this group of people. But then eventually it's going to be, no, my brain works like Shana does. And like, (laughs) I don't need a group. I don't need a, a specific category to be put into. I actually just need to understand myself and love myself and identify as myself. And that is my gift to my community, to the world. That's how I'm a leader. That's how I guide people. That's how I make money. That's how I support others. Like It's everything. So it's going to get more and more individualized, but we have to go through the process of getting the benefits of I'm lesbian or I'm bipolar or whatever category is making you feel the most seen right now. You know, I'm a projector... I'm a manifester. And then it'll get, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm a projector, but I'm also have this gift and that gift. And I have an undefined G and I have all of this energy. Like, it's so specific to you as an individual. So, what are the things that liberate you, that support you as an individual? Those are the things to build, to support others. Those are the things that are going to thrive through this crumbling that's going to be happening. There's also a rising that's going to be happening. So, kind of starting to notice and observe those things in your life. Sorry, that was such a long rant because I could talk about this for ever. This is so so interesting. Okay, but listen, because I think that was a really good lead into what's going on this year because it gives more purpose to what's happening this year. So we just had Pluto move into Aquarius and Pluto and the sun essentially moved into Aquarius together, like within, you know, I think it was five hours or something ridiculous. That never happens. First of all, that never happens. We've never seen this happen before, ever. Wow. And wow. yeah, and it and it's like Pluto and Capricorn is top-down structure. And it also leaves room for abusive structures and a lot of the stuff that you were just talking, like put things in boxes and like label and like compartmentalize and like everybody's on their team. Right. But when we move into Aquarius, we're actually moving from top-down structure to like heart-to-heart structure and community structure. And in astrology, you always want to look at like what's across the zodiac from that sign because there's Aquarius and that is like the collective. But to really understand and how to activate the collective, we have to look at Leo, which is the opposite, which is authenticity in the individual. And so we're moving more into the necessity for the authenticity of the individual to actually make for a healthy whole. That's a big piece. And at the same time, we have the North Node is sitting in... Um, Aries. And we have in the US, we have the last um, full solar eclipse that we're going to see for a while from the US. And it's this April and it's in Aries. And you said so many things that are just so bang on and relevant. Like how many people in the last um, few years sacrificed their own individuality in order to fit with the whole and chose belonging over values? Right? Like how many people did? 
And so when you look at the North Node in Aries, the South Node is in Libra. And so some of our relationships are going to have to fall away in order to get more aligned with who we are as an individual and like why we're here individually so that we can have a greater alignment with our soul purpose, like with with our authenticity. You know, like that's a that's a huge theme this year. And at the same time, we have um <laughs> we have Saturn in Pisces. And what's Saturn in Pisces? If it's not okay, Saturn in Pisces is a whole bunch of things, but one of the main things that it is is it's compassion. It's having discipline around compassion and around forgiveness and around like understanding everybody as their individual, but also making more space and more allowances and more room for the emotional experience because it's happening. Whether we want to let it happen or not, it's happening and it's dominating our lives. The the very habit of suppressing or repressing or overriding emotion with spiritual philosophy or with I'm tough and I can handle it or we're just going to get through this, that is making us actually ill. Like it's actually making us ill. If it's not mental health issues, anxiety, depression, it's like going into our bodies as cancer, as heart disease, as all of these things. And so like we, part of what Part of what Saturn in, in Pisces is hopefully going to help us do is make more room for the emotional experience. And on top of that, to, to um, allow us to forgive. Like how many people need to forgive their parents? How many people need to forgive their ex? How many people need to forgive like an old boss or an old coworker or an old something that like it didn't go right? A old best friend. Like there's so much forgiveness. And also like, Jesus, in the last three years, like there's been so much cancel culture and divide and like you should and like normalizing of cyberbullying if you're not showing up in the way that other people think that you should show up, like it's happening right now. If you're not posting, that means you're this. Like, no, not okay. I know my role. That's not my role. You can't bully me into posting. And it doesn't mean what you say that it means. It doesn't make me a bad person because I know my role is to help to people to remember who they are and that, the, you know, like that doesn't make me a bad person, right? It doesn't yeah. mean that I'm like toxic or wrong. And so that's a big thing. But also Saturn in Pisces, Saturn likes to, likes to create system and structure, right? Pisces likes to dissolve anything that it touches. It's interesting because, um, you know, with what you're saying, just really quickly with... Um you know, forgiveness and, and putting people in boxes like with cancel culture and stuff like that. The one of the big things that we're learning that we've been learning over the, you know, last few years with with mental health things and our access to information to learn all these things collectively is how to have forgiveness and still honor your own individual needs. And I think that's going to be developing even more of like, how can I forgive someone, but also have boundaries for myself that honor what I need. Mm-hmm. Um and also, you know, a big thing that we saw in 2020 was forcing people to ask the question of what is right for me, you know, with COVID and with the vaccine of like, okay, do I just get in on board with what all these people are saying that I need to do or with what my community and family is saying that I need to do or with what that person saying I should do? Like, it forced a lot of people to have to either jump on a ship or ask themselves questions of what is right for me and and tune into their own authority. And it was really interesting how we saw a lot of people, even in the spiritual community, you know, being an authority over someone to say, this is bad. 
or this is good. Like you either check this box or you check that box versus tuning into your own authority, your own intuition. Is it right for you as an individual? What is your body telling you? Because everything's energy at the end of the day. So if you drink a drink that you feel is bad for you, but you go against your authority, that drink's going to be energetically bad for you. But if you drink a drink that you're like, my authority saying, yes, I want this drink. It's right for me. Then energetically, it's going to be right for you because yeah. everything is frequency and energy. So I, I mean, do think that 2020 you know, was this catalyst time to have to force us on a collective scale to start tuning inward. But then it's so easy to want to jump on board and be somebody else's authority to say like, you're canceled. I'm putting you in a box of you're a bad person or I'm, canceling being canceled. I'm labeling you that you got a vaccine. Yes. So you're, you know, a sheep or mm-hmm. that you didn't get a vaccine. So you're just a freaking nut job. Like people are wanting to label so much versus empower and have yeah. compassion to know like, this is what y- is right for you. Nothing's fucking real. So mm-hmm. like literally, <laughs> is it right for you or not? Only you will know. Um, which is just so interesting. Sorry. So that was total side rant um, in this, but it's fascinating with compassion being this big theme. So when does Pisces go, Saturn go into Pisces? So it's already there. It's already been in and then it retrograded back to zero and now it's moving again. It's in the early degrees, single digit degrees. We still have a couple years left here. And that's important because... It is going to be a participant in dissolving the current systems and structures that we so desperately need. Um, And also, we need the dreamers because Pisces is dreaming. We need the dreamers. We need the template builders. We need the ones who are like dreaming of the world to come and and starting to create that energetic template. Like when you look at um, development of an embryo in the womb, the first thing that gets laid out is the energetic template that the body then forms around. When you look at creation from a quantum perspective, it starts as uh, you know, an idea or a thought that eventually comes into form. And so we desperately need the dreamers of the new world to be active and to be empowered to be those dreamers. That's a big piece of Saturn in, in Pisces. And then when Saturn crosses the threshold into Aries, that's also the ending of things. So that's going to be another big threshold for us to understand like, okay, there's some doors closing here that are not going to reopen again. And thank you. (laughs) There are some doors I would like to shut, you know? Um, And so when we're looking at Saturn, we're looking at collective karma and that like, we have a long way to go to heal the divide, but it ultimately is here to help us do that. And then we have Jupiter. Ah, This is so contradictory in the energy. Because Jupiter is moving into Gemini and Gemini is the duality and it is like the left and the right and the dark and the light and it is the the wrong and the right. And it's also suffering and joy and it's anger and calm and it's, you know, like it's opposites. It's all the polarities you could ever imagine. And so that, that, um, that Jupiter and Gemini is the teacher. And when we really look at the highest expression of Gemini, it's to be able to hold opposites in the same room, giving both of them life, both of them space to breathe. And people are all good about that when it's like, well, yeah, I can be angry and I can forgive, you know, like I can, I can find the, the, the beauty in my suffering. Like birth is the most painful thing ever, but it's the greatest joy. But when they run into trouble is when they're like, well, you're a Trump supporter. Oh, you love Biden. But like, you know, and they yeah. go through that and they're like, Immediately I out the be. door. <laughs> oh my God. And this is the funny thing to me about the spiritual community right now is that 
because of circumstances, we're throwing out these ancient teachings. And I'm just like, can you just stick stick to the, like, let's just like the, this thing that we've been celebrating and shouting out for the last te- couple decades, few decades for some, can we stick to that? <laughs> can we just, yeah. like, <laughs> if you believe in what you're teaching, then like, let's stick with it. And I think I received a lot of criticism for sticking to the teachings, <laughs> which I found so comical. I was like, oh, okay, you be mad at me then, you know, like, cancel me, unsubscribe, whatever you need to do, but I'm going to stick here. I'm not going to change because I'm tapped into this thing that is unchanging. You know, like there is this, we live in a duality and it's a part of the oneness experience and to navigate both. And so Gemini in its highest expression, and when you can hold, like, it's like that Rumi quote, quote, beyond the right or wrong, there's a field, I'll meet you there. Mm-hmm. And like, that is kind of like the tagline or the theme I see as Jupiter and Gemini, um, because w- like for myself, I've traversed a few different big polarities over the last three years where I thought for sure I would never think this way. And now I'm fully thinking this way, you know, like, <laughs> and I think a lot of us have had those experiences. I was just having a conversation with a girlfriend the other day who got vaccinated and she now, and she was like a little preachy about it. And she was like, I wish they didn't pressure me into getting it. And I was like, look how much that's changed. Like, that's beautiful mm-hmm. because now, you know, seeing people with different side effects, she's having her own experience with it. And it's not about that as much as it is to illustrate how much change of mind is happening. And the other thing about Saturn in Pisces is that it's it mutable. It's mutable, which means it's changing. Jupiter in Gemini is mutable, which means it's changing. And then we have Pluto in Aquarius, which is fixed. But I, I was I was sitting with this, this fixed energy of Aquarius and I got the clearest download. It was like, it's fixed because we're moving from Newtonian physics where like to go from point A to point B takes time, work and effort mm-hmm. to stay still, adjust your energy and it comes to you. Oh, yes. Love that. that. Literally. (laughs) Right? Literally it. Yeah. Yeah. And so the amount of effort to change the world right now has less to do with external reality and everything to do with internal reality. And again, this is one of those teachings that all these spiritual teachers are throwing out the window. And I was like, no, like stick with the teachings, stick with the teachings, especially in crisis, stick with the teachings. And so if we can, if we can really just, not just, if we can focus and give our attention to, first of all, the quality of our mental health, understanding our frequency, like the nature within and our own unique soul signature, whether you find that reflected back to you through human design or through astrology or through past life regression or theta healing or whatever, you know, like how can you tap into that, that, um, that thing that's you, the thing that only you can feel. Like nobody can feel what it feels like to be you, except for you. And so many people are giving agency uh, external or choosing belonging over or self-validating. So there's a big return to that. And I think that North Node in Aries is really quite a strong signifier of that because what's Aries' question? Aries' question is, who am I? Right? And it, we, there's this this balance between collectivism and individualism where collectivism only works if individualism is on point. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. If, if individualism isn't on point, collectivism is dictatorship, you know, or, or maybe that's not the right word, but it, it leaves us vulnerable 
to be abused um, and controlled. And when we have really strong, well-connected people to individualism, then the collectivism is so healthy. There's not one single governing body or one single person that can move the masses because the masses know who they are and they will self, like, like we will take care of each other. I think that one of the downfalls of human thinking at this time is that we forget that we actually have an innate desire to serve. There is actually an innate desire to show up. And I think part of the problem with that is that it's been beaten out of us. If you step out of line, you're going to be punished. If you don't study for your spelling test in grade four, you're going to be uh, humiliated in front of the class. If you speak out of turn in an assembly, you know, like it starts at the beginning where it's like move together, which is also a natural phenomenon of being a human. We want to move together. But how we move together is so important. And so that's why listening to you speak about 2027 is like got me so excited because this year, if it takes seven years for us to decondition and adjust from where we were pre-2020 to 2027, and we're kind of at this midway point, we're just a little bit past the midway point. And what I think is really important to recognize is that we have to go so deep into the shadow in order to return to the light. Mm-hmm. And we can't get there without understanding the shadow. And if we didn't have an opportunity to witness and experience the shadow within self over the last three years, I just want to know what world you're living in. Because <laughs> I'm coming over. Um, but like, <laughs> but the healing potential that comes after this is huge. And I think it's also really important to recognize that astrologically, we are in a two-year cycle of war. And we, it's obvious, you know, we've got Ukraine, we've got, um, the Israel Gaza, we've got, you know, Sudan, all over the world, there's so much warring going on. And that's not a signature that's going away. But that's two years to 2026. And then 2027 would be the year after. And what comes after war, but it, a very beautiful, peaceful period of time. That's what history shows us. And history repeats itself because we're, we're cyclical. And so, It is going to be intense. And we do have this two-year period of like crazy intensity. But we also have that in the context of duality, where for as much suffering, there is joy. For much pain, there is pleasure. And because we are learning how to be these really powerful co-creative simulation participants, (laughs) I love that this is your conversation, by the way, Um, then we have this period of time of like trial and error. Like, okay, so how how do we then do this. And, and the more obvious it becomes to people that you write your own story, um, even amongst the chaos, like I didn't write the story of war, but the story of war is circumstantially happening right now. And by the grace of God, I live in a place that's not war-torn, right? It doesn't mean that if somebody is in one of those places that they've done something wrong or it's who knows what who knows what that is who knows right i don't know what that is and we also have choice to get ourselves out and people will always argue back like well that's speaking from privilege it's like yeah but you see people from like no privilege crawling out of the rubble all the time and you know like there's there's a lot of things that we can do one of the one of the biggest determinants 
of whether somebody crawls out from the rubble is if they have expanders to show them that it's possible. And so that's another reason why I feel like it's so important that nobody's dimming their light. And if like for myself, I I don't like, I don't agree with war at a core level. <laughs> like that is not my thing. And so I'm not participating it in it on any level. You know, like it doesn't mean that I don't want it to stop. It means that I'm retracting my energy out so fully and completely and I'm investing my energy where in what it is that I want to create. And obviously that's cancelable conversation. Well, and I just want to add to that, you know, that you have to use the resources and the um, energy and the frequency directed on where you can help now and where your soul is meant to help now. And, you know, if you were you know, living in a war-torn place, you would have to use your resources and your energy focused on the things that you can help now and where you want to help now. And so, and where you're able to help now. And so I do think that everyone is doing that in their own, whether they're literally under rubble and they're focusing their energy and efforts on where they can help now, or if, if they are, yes, privileged and, and not. And, you know, the, the word with, the word with privilege, um, it's such a word that the frequency behind it, especially right now, is either being used as a way to confine or contain or put someone into a box in a negative way, or it can be this word that is incredibly liberating and celebrated because everybody ultimately wants all of the privileges ever that are our birthright yeah. that we're meant to have and celebrate. And, you know, if you have privilege, use it, right? Yeah. Use it in the way that you are here. Your soul is here to help. And there's some people's soul who is here to help and be boots on the ground and fight and pull someone up out of the rubble. And there's some people's, you know, soul that is here to use their privilege to be a thought leader and offer guidance and insight and help people tune into their bodies. There's some people whose soul is here to really, you know, support their community and just give love and give somebody a hug. And like, that is the medicine that they are here to give. And so, you know, to judge someone else in general, um, is a separation of self. And it's also a separation of what's actually important because now you're part of the problem versus focusing your energy on efforts on what you can do right now to help in the best way that you feel is possible for you right now versus injecting yourself and telling someone they're right or wrong. Now, if somebody's actions are directly hurting someone, like shooting a gun at someone or, you know, bashing them with their words and, and speaking violently, then obviously if that is impacting you, you need to speak up and and directly get involved. And Or if you're witnessing that, you need to step up and get directly involved in the way that your energy and efforts and soul are meant for you. So I do think like there's so, there's so many ways to get offended at so many different things. Um, and it's, it's always to me asking the question of, is this helpful or is this just adding more hurt to the wound? Um, And is this, yeah, like, is this helping the situation move forward? So I definitely 
know I'm privileged. And I, I'm grateful for the privileges that I have. And I'm also grateful for the compassion that I have and the understanding to know that hurt people hurt people and that there's so much healing that we need in this world. And I want to be a proponent of that and propel that forward in whatever way I possibly can. Um, and that's like my greatest wish and, and heart for humanity. So I like, I like hearing voices speak up in a contradictory way because I think it helps our consciousness evolve like as a collective in general. And that's what we're here to do. So yes, some of the things that you were sharing, I'm like, that is contradictory, but also necessary and needed. And I think that... um when you know when you listen to people speaking it stretches you in a way that feels like outside of your comfort zone there's either a choice to choose separation of yourself and let your ego and boxes and labels and authority and all that get involved or an opportunity to stretch into how do i want to help more how is this yeah. provoking me to help more in the world and what is my way of showing up in that well there's a really key big key piece astrologically that is a reckless assumption. And that's that mm. just because I'm not in a war-torn place right now, that doesn't mean that it will forever be that way. And when I look at the astrology, I look at a very real potential of a lot of disruption and chaos. And it's not necessarily like the war would look here, like it looks uh, overseas. That's not what it is. But there's a, like, if we're, if we're literally talking about the dissolving of system and structure, we're talking about disruption on the level that we need in order to shift into a new world, there's going to be suffering here as well. And when I look at like North America has never been weaker. America, Canada as a as two collective countries, individually, they're they're also moving away from each other in a really fascinating way. Um, we've never been weaker ever. And for me to assume, because right now I sit in privilege, that I will never be subject to the kind of suffering that could threaten my life is a reckless assumption, especially looking at what like level of change is coming. And for some people, you know, the potentials and possibilities, like I could get really weird for a second, but like <laughs> a high level list, like the stuff that we could see in the astrology from a disruptor point of view, I'll just go high-level topics. Disclosure, so like interdimensional beings or aliens. It could be financial, like complete dissolve, uh, like complete disruption of financial markets. We also could see like big disruption in internet and communication systems. And those are all not necessarily going to happen, but also very real potentials as we see in the astrology. And so I don't for one moment take for granted that right now I'm safe. And right now I have food. I don't take that for granted. But what I do um, value right now is keeping myself resourced in a way that if crisis shows up at my doorstep, I'm going to be able to handle myself and to be able to serve. Just like all those people uh, overseas in every different war-torn country, the way that people are showing up are incredible. Like I watched this one video where this mother was dragging with just a simple backpack on her back, dragging two car seats with two infant children out of Gaza. And I was like, my nervous system would not be able to do that. Like, I'm not in a place that I could walk out of a war-torn place like that. Like, I've got work that I need to do. And so when, when, I'm, when I'm saying that, it's because part of what I see and what I fear is that um, 
our our minds and our nervous system don't recognize the difference between imagined reality and lived reality. When I think about a, a breakup, I go right back into heartbreak. When I think about my mom's death, I go right back into grief. And my body reacts like that grief is happening right now. And so if I am giving myself to to tragedy and to to um environments and situations and imaginations and programming that is tearing me apart and making me super, super weak, then I'm not going to be able to show up when I need to. And so I think that's like a piece of the puzzle that's not spoken about enough um, because we assume we're safe. We assume we're safe, but we're not. We're not at all. We're not even close (laughs) to safe. We're the weakest we've ever been. And like, I don't say that to be like, oh, fuck, war's coming. That's not why I say it. But I want like there to be at least a conversation around a reframe of how we're treating our nervous system and our body and what we're programming ourselves with. Because as we've just talked about, that programming becomes our reality. And so if we have a whole bunch of people that are in America or in Canada that are plugged into the war machine, like in such a big way, what we're and then we're fighting with each other about how we're showing up for the war, what we're doing is we're bringing the war home. Mm. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want anything to do with that. I'm not bringing the war home. That's not what I'm doing. And I also see the validity in social pressure and in the power of social media to evoke change. And I trust that the people that are speaking up, that is their purpose in this moment to speak up. But I also need to trust that those that aren't have their own reasons for it. And I, I can't know what that is because I don't live inside of their nervous system. And the duality of that. Like exactly being able to hold both as yes. valid and true and having compassion for both for both. Yes. And yes. And holding that and and you know the internal work, the internal world, the internal, you know, uh programming and connection to the collective consciousness and us all as God and creating this world together and this reality together, you know, that internal side, the internal strength, the internal safety um, that you build through going inward and accessing the resources and the truth and the gifts and, you know, the lessons and wisdom that are all within you right now, that is the work that we do to prepare ourselves for anything that could possibly come. And like you said, the dreamers, like dreaming up that new reality, dreaming up the things that are rising because with all this crumbling that is, you know, crumbling scary, change is scary, things shifting in a collective way, in a massive societal way is going to be scary over the next, you know, 400 years. But it's also rising, the duality of both crumbling and rising. And are you a part of the crumbling stuff? because you're trying to fit everything into a box and tie it up with a bow or have a blanket statement that applies to everyone, but not seeing the duality that is inherent to our existence? Or are you part of the rising side of what can I do to help the individual, to help us have this duality, to help create things that hold space for all of it and give that compassion and love and honor my own individual needs, that symbiotic needs. So the dreamers and say thank you I and think, say thank you to the guy, to the people that are on the front lines and yes. say thank you you know like that's that's the bridge that's the saturn in pisces is like oh my god thank you so much for holding it down on your activism i can't do that right now but you know yeah. like when i was in my own grief there's no way i was about to get on the internet and start fighting with strangers like n- no way 
no way. And I trust also in the timing of that, that it kept me out of a conversation that wasn't actually here for my highest good or my best service to, to, you know, my place in this world. So, yeah. oh my goodness. But yeah, the astrology is great. I think it's really great this year. And I think that there's really huge opportunities. And I think if I were to give like one central focus, it would be to tend to your mental health mm. and to hold, to be able to hold opposites as sacred you know? Yeah. That's so that beautiful. That would be my homework. <laughs> yeah. That's and so remember beautiful. Who you are. Yeah. Remember who you are. As I'm listening to this whole conversation, I mean, it's really interesting. I don't know if you've ever listened to Ra talk about the new paradigm in any of his videos, but he's terrifying and he's meant to be shocking, but he's like, we're going to turn into monkeys that steal from one another and greed. And like, he does not, we paint it with like rainbows and butterflies because that's the reality that we're creating, but he does not. And like, if you listen, you know, he's really just trying to, invoke a awareness in people or get people excited to listen, I think is part of the way that he was designed to communicate. But I definitely feel like as the world is crumbling and shifting, it's so important to remember what are the things we are empowered to do, right? And Mm -hmm. to take responsibility for those things. And taking responsibility for our mental health is so crucial. I definitely think that that's one of the most number one important practical foundational things for us to be focusing on so that we can't, so we have the capacity to choose radical responsibility and trust for whatever life is going to bring us so that we have the capacity to choose love instead of fear so that we have the capacity to give compassion and gratitude to other people who are different from us without getting confused about who we are. Like all of these things that we are empowered to do, I think are so, so crucial so that we get to give our best shot at creating the future that we dream of because it really could go either way. And it's interesting Mm -hmm. to think what are the things that are faded and what are the things that we actually have control over? And ultimately, nobody knows the answer to that question. But as long as I'm here, I'm going to be choosing to do as best as I can to create that new reality. And so I'm just excited for everyone that is a part of this conversation because all of us that are in this community that have tools about our mental health, understanding ourselves, understanding our emotions, exactly mm-hmm. what you were saying in the beginning, that is huge, so crucial, so necessary because a lot of these divisions and conversations and cancel culture are actually emotional issues. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's about social media, but it's really about our emotions. It's about, you know, all those things, but it's really about our emotions. So if we can have these tools to really see ourselves, take responsibility for who we are and fall in love with who we are, instead of operating out of a place of fear to really use love to give us that bravery and courage that it's going to take to create this new paradigm. Like, I feel like those are the conversations I'm so excited to have. So I really, and I also want to say, Jenna, kind of give you mad props. We're not done yet with the props, but I like how <laughs> honest you are because we talk about authenticity a lot. And, but what does it really mean to be authentic, right? That's a conversation we could have for hours and hours and hours. But part of it is being honest and like just sharing exactly what's coming through you without filtering it. And in the social media age, you would think that we're seeing a lot more of people's honest life and who they are in in the age of podcasts, but it's not always true. Um, And when you do meet someone who's really just being honest and authentic in their communication and what's channeling through them, it's so 
easy to feel. And those are the people that I'm like, thank you for showing up. Thank you for guiding. Thank you. Um, that's what I'm about. So I really want to say thank you for being in this conversation with us and sharing your light. And I'm so excited for all of our listeners to be able to continue to follow you and to continue to learn from you. So I'm, I'd love for you to... Oh, go ahead, Shana. I just have one last question before you ask okay. that. Um, just to... Because we're, you know, we're releasing this in early 2024. Any key themes for 2024 specifically that people can either lean into or look forward to or, you know, use? I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, it's it's what we talked about. And really the change that's coming for us, the majority of people have never even imagined yet. And our ability to pivot and adjust and be really nimble in both our beliefs and our decision-making, oh, my dog's coming, um, (laughs) is going to be important for us, like really important for us. And getting that, getting that piece about opposites, you know, there's a, there's a signature in the astrology right now that has to do with confusion especially like media confusion and confusion about it, it, like in the same channel is like uh, mind altering, any mind altering things. So like drugs, plant medicine, media, entertainment, arts, like all of it is there. And all of that is like muddled with confusion. And so if there's, if that alone is a sign to turn inside and find that place that's true within you and like turn off the noise, like I find it, so much easier to to look at the world as theater right now, knowing that there's so much confusion in the field. Now that's going to change in like 2025, more 2026, that's going to change. And all of a sudden it's going to be like, whoa, and you can see it starting to happen already, but just wait till that Nep- Neptune-Saturn conjunction in Pisces. And so like, don't get too caught up. Don't get too, don't get it's hard to know what to trust right mm-hmm. now. And one of the things is like, I, I just saw a clip of me sharing this a year ago, March, um, that be prepared for the enemy to become the victor and the or the hero and the hero to become the enemy. Like be prepared for like character switching in some, in some cases or be prepared to allow your beliefs to change or allow your understanding of reality to change. Like we just have to like, if the world is changing as quickly as the astrology indicates, we need to change. And like humans don't like to change. People want change, but they don't like to change. And so, I mean, all of you that have a lot of mutable energy in your chart, so that's like Pisces, Gemini, Virgo, and Sagittarius, you guys will have an easier time because <laughs> you already <laughs> changed so fast already. Um, but th- those are the energies that we're playing in is this like highly changeable, highly adapted, adaptable energy. And so that's why like holding two opposites as in the same room with equal right to breathe is so important because there's confusion about what the opposite is, right? Especially in this world of othering, there's, and then when you actually pull back the curtain of what we've been othered about or what we're othering about, and you pull back the curtain, not what the media is saying about them, not what social media is saying about them, but actually go and listen to the person or the thing or the movement directly. We often find that what we thought it was is different than what it actually is. And so it's, it's, um, it's, uh, be open to being wrong. <laughs> right? And and be open to change. 
um, because we don't even know. Like that was my mantra. I had a, I have a girlfriend who's a, a bit of a Veda Vedanta practitioner where like nothing is real. And through the whole pandemic, every time I'd start to get really opinionated, she'd be like, do you really know? Are you sure about that? Are you really sure about that? And I just laugh and be like, no, I don't. It feels good to believe that right now though. She's like, okay, well, if it's serving you because it feels good, but like, just know that we don't actually know if that's true or not. And that's reflected in the astrology in pretty significant ways for at least a couple more years. Okay. Yeah. I was just at lunch with a friend and she was saying, you know, her boyfriend is questioning like, how do you know Akashic records are real? Like, how do you know that human design is real? Like, where's the proof? And I'm like, I don't even know this meal that I'm sharing with you right now is real. Like, what what do you mean? Like this conversation, is this even real? Like, what is real? Um, Like, I don't... Nobody knows. Like, you... Literally, no one knows. Um, So... There are a lot of really real circumstances happening right now, too, though. Oh, totally. Again, the The duality. The duality. I don't know if this conversation is real. I don't know if my belief system is real. But at the same time, there's very real harm being done. Or there's very, you know, like... Again, it's like a perfect... And the duality that's needed for life to exist. Like, literally, the polarity that is needed for an atom to exist or for matter of any kind, even if that's dark matter, like it polarity is necessary for existence. And so using that to propel you forward, I love that that intention and understanding like with the astrology this year of ha- holding the polarity, being open to anything and uh, your mind to change and everything to change. Um, I feel a lot of change energy this year, which I've been trying to place like, what am I feeling for 2024? I feel it. I feel this energy shift, like a big energy shift and it feels exciting to me. Um, But yeah, I think change would be a a really like great word to kind of encapsulate um, this next year. And I feel excited about it. I do. I feel excited about 2024. It feels expansive to me, but maybe that's because I'm a Gemini rising. But it does. I think it's it, going to be a rocky ride. <laughs> I think it's going to be. It feels so expansive. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so I'm so ready. I'm so... Um, What's beautiful about that is that's the reality you're creating for yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. and like that is available to many people, you know, to be able Absolutely. to create for themselves a very expansive year. Yeah. We're co-creating this universe right now. So I feel, I feel expanded by it. Um, because yeah, I'm not I'm not boxed in by <laughs> by any information. So you're listening. I just hope that this information, you know, really expanded you and sparked some fascinations. I know it did for me. And um, I don't want anyone to leave here with any fear or like, oh no, what's gonna happen? I definitely uh, our intention with this whole conversation is to leave you with a sense of exploration, of empowerment, of going inward, of feeling like you have the resources that you need to do the work that you came here to do to contribute to this collective consciousness. Um, and I'm really excited to get into Attune to the Moon and take these yoga nidras and explore more inwardly through your guidance because I think it's so powerful and helpful. So like Dana was about to ask and I cut her off because I just needed a little bit more info. Um, where can people find you? How can they connect with you? All the things. Um, well, Attune to the Moon or Jenna Romer. On Instagram, it's Jenna, we can put it, it's Jenna underscore Romer. 
I have an in-person opportunity coming up. I'm running a retreat in Mexico and the retreat is it's over or it's just like two days after the equinox. And so it's the astrological new year. We're going to be going over the astrology of the year with a lot more detail. And then my whole intention and idea for it is to set yourself like to set people up with really solid foundational practices that you can do, like standing in line at the grocery store as much as actually carving out time for yourself. So both. Um, and then I work with a woman um, who serves different plant medicines. So there's opportunities for people to explore anything from, not anything, but she works like micro microdosing uh, psilocybin um, to bufo. And so they're not, you don't have to do that in order to come on the retreat. Last year we did it and there were a small handful of people that didn't do it at all. And they were just more like, wow, interesting choice you're making. Like they were just like fascinated with it. Um, and so you, if people didn't want to participate in that side of it, they they would be fine. But um, like they wouldn't have anything less because those ceremonies actually happen one-to-one -one, like in the spare time. But the retreat container itself will be holistic all on its own right. So that's happening in March. And then I have Attuned to the Moon, which is my membership. And then for people that like Insight Timer, I love Insight Timer. I've got some free meditations on there as well as a 10-day course that's called To Overcome Obsessive Thinking. But really, it should be called If You're a Human, This Will Help. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's that. all my best practices, like all the practices that I use on a regular daily basis taught over 10 days with some um, pretty solid education, um, like why you'd want to do the practices that we do in there. So... Beautiful. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for this combo. I'm really glad that it, the timing honestly is perfect. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Wow. That conversation was so fascinating and so deep and really got me feeling fired up just hearing those things and talking about those polarizing and dualistic ideas. So we're excited to hear how you found this episode, how it's been resonating for you and what the big dreamer intention is that you're holding for our future as we move into 2024 and into the new paradigm. You know, it's one of the things that we love the most about our human design besties membership, which is our private online community where we talk about human design. We learn new things each month. We have tappings and meditations and a library that keeps growing with human design mini courses. But we also come together for live Q&As and for monthly ceremonies and circles where we get to talk about the transiting energies that are happening right now. And that's been so expansive for us because the transits and the cosmic programming that we all experience is a huge shared experience in our daily lives. And of course, we all have our own unique way of moving through these cosmic energies, our own unique purpose of how we are meant to feel things and talk about things and share things. So it's just so powerful to learn from one another and to come together in the, in the cosmic energy that we're sharing, but also to witness one another in the differences that we have and the ways that we're feeling and the ways that our life um, has changed and evolved and grow on a day-to-day -day basis. So we're really passionate about getting to connect with our human design besties community. It just feels so good and grounding to have that space to learn together and to share together and to keep coming together to see one another as life keeps evolving and growing. So if you're not a member of that community, we want to invite you. We would love to see you there. It's honestly one of our favorite things that we're doing in Day Luna right now. So you can join your human sign besties on our website, daylunalife.com.
Yes. And if you're wanting one-on-one time with us where we can look at your chart and your gifts and really explore your purpose and how you can lean into it right now based off of where you're at in your life, the transitions that are currently going on, we highly recommend getting a human design reading. And this is the first time in our De Luna career, like literally for like the last four years, where we're not booked out four or five months in advance. Um, We have availability and that might change, honestly, probably by the time this comes out. We'll see. Um, Where you can get in pretty soon. So we would love to meet with you. We would love to dive into your chart. Doing human design readings is a big part of our purpose and getting to share with you the magic of who you are and reflect that back, hold up that mirror for you to really show you this is what you're here to do. This is the frequency that people are needing from you. And it literally changes your life. It's life-changing. So we would love to meet with you one-on-one, spend a whole hour together diving into your design and really focus on loving you up. You can find out our availability and all the things on our website, daylunalife.com. Also, you can find us on Instagram at dayluna. And we just love you. We love you. We love you. That's literally our purpose. And yeah. Have an amazing, expansive, duality-filled, polarizing, beautiful rest of your week.